Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod. And he won't even let me get it out. That was my party horn. Oh, <laughs> party horn. How how wide is the horn that it sounded so low? I thought it was, thought it was a cow. I thought it was that thing that people do at the Bruce Springsteen concerts where it sounds like they're booing, but they're just saying Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. But they're Bruce. Uh. Well, here we are. It's episode 200. We made it. We did make it. And uh, the pizza also made it. We did. We did. We should tell the story behind the pizza before we... You know the story better than anyone, so tell us the story. Okay, so I I came to my office and there was a... Well, I shouldn't even say that. I didn't get to my office first. I got an email... Uh, while I was in the bathroom. Oh, okay. That's detailed. That okay. is, that's really detailed. And I open the email, and it's from Steve, and it says, it's from Steve Clark, mm-hmm. and it says, there was a little brown bag taped to the 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 um, mailbox, and it's for you. I haven't opened it. Okay. Which sounded very ominous. That's very uh, scary. The, the kind of things we get mailed yes. here, or, huh. I mean, we've had some bad mail. Had some bad mail. We've had yes. some bad mail. We've had some good mail that was suspicious, like the time somebody mailed us marijuana. I yes. remember that. <laughs> yes. That was great. That happened, too. <laughs> we turned it in. We did turn it in. Well, I'll say this. We gave it to a staff member that now I think we should have checked. He no longer works. <laughs> he doesn't work here. He did not work. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we should have made sure he turned So it. we get the bag. We get the bag and it says uh, three peas in a pod, which is, I guess is why yes. Steve That's right. uh, knew it was to go to me. So then I opened it up and inside was a really nice handwritten note from a super fan. Super fan. They didn't believe you existed. I have always had faith that the super fans were out there. <laughs> And in in that was a gift card for Old Chicago uh, Pizza and Tap Room. Which we have. Which we have. No Tap Room. No, not Tap Room, I guess. But also these socks that I'm guessing, I don't know if you can read them or not, but it says Peas on Earth. And it's got three little peas standing on the earth. I meant to wear them, but then I forgot that I had them. And so anyway, we went and we used... so clever. It is clever. So clever. And so we used... Get it. I want to see them. Yeah, I like it. I get it. Do you get it? Every I, I one of us have. Yeah, I know. Stuff. Sometimes I don't get those things, that. but I got it. Yeah. I got it. Oh, look at that. And there's, there's three peas. There's three peas. Three little peas. I don't know if y'all can see more that. than that. There they are right peas. there. Right there. On the on earth. It says peas on earth. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. So yes. we went to Old Chicago. This is a reference. And this those must be can a... belong to you. Thanks. Well, you have one and he has one. Oh. socks. Oh, well, thank you. Did you not get your socks? I got my socks. I, I didn't. I'm not wearing them. I haven't I got turned them. them into him yet. Uh, <laughs> but this is a reference to an old joke old before joke. we had a name yes. and we were coming up with a name. So this is a super fan because they 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 followed along. True. Where one of the names suggested was Discipleship Deep Dive. Yes. We didn't. We of course then made the joke that we should call it Discipleship Deep Dish. Mm-hmm. Eat deep dish pizza on the 200th episode. This super fan here gave we it. are. So we're here to say thank you to the, the super fan. Yes, whoever you are. Yeah, the anonymous super fan. We don't know. That's right. We don't know. But we so appreciate we your appreciate generosity. It. And I think we should eat some of the pizza now. So what do we got here? This is double decaroni. Let's see if I can hold it up without the piece making it fall. Me, me missing belongs to Charlie. Charlie has already previewed oh, yes, the pizza. Oh, yes, I did. Char- right. Producer Charlie's already got one. And this is called Thai Pie. This is the, they call this OC Thick Crust. Okay. So this is the crust. First thing I noticed as soon as I opened it up is this is not Chicago deep dish pizza. It's not. No. But, but it, it's, it it's is thicker. a deeper dish. So for those of you who haven't been yet, to me, luckily and visually, it looks like 
Uh, pizza Hut thick crust. Yeah, like the pan, the pan pizza. Yeah, I'm crust. sure they would be offended at that I, comparison. I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna go ahead and get a piece of this. You want a piece I of that, there, Jason? Meat it I'm gonna have one of each. I am okay. too. I'm gonna also have one of each. Oh, mm -hmm. dropped a piece of my Thai chicken there. Uh oh, I'll get one of these. I'm gonna take my that. Is a big old piece That's of huge, the Thai dude. chicken. So, all right, there you go. There you go. Thank you, sir. All right, I'm gonna set this out of the way because if not, I will probably destroy yes. something with it. Mm. Yeah. So which one are we gonna try first? Wait a minute, I didn't get any pe pepperoni. Oh. Let me let me have a piece Come of pepperoni. Now. You gotta have a little both. I didn't get both. Okay. All right, here we go. Oh my goodness, that's a big piece of pepperoni. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They okay. were very friendly at the OC. Oh. The OC tap oh, well, room. That's good to know. So what are we doing first? Thai chicken. Okay. Right, Whatever's called. I'm up for that. Here we go. I do like that flavor. The sweetness hits you first. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a and lot now of the heat coming. There's a lot of things on here. It looks like green onions, broccoli, maybe. Mm -hmm. I see broccoli. Oh, I yeah. see. I see red bell on peppers. the back. On the back side, there's a little. There's a heat. There's a little heat. I got you that. You get the heat yet? No, a yeah, a little bit. A little, a little bit. Spice. It's not hot, hot. No, but it's there. It's no. a nice. It's like one of those Thai um, chili mm -hmm. peppers. It's, mm -hmm. it's a nice sweetness with the hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not pretty, as exciting as the pretty Thai. Pretty standard. Yeah, I was gonna say it just tastes like a pepperoni pizza. A pepperoni pizza. I mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of pepperoni, and it's good. It's a it's a thicker pepperoni than sometimes you get on these. So I I, I enjoy that. But and I will say special. I've had some thicker crust pizzas that just tasted like dough. That's got a little bit of crunch to it. It yeah. does. A little mm -hmm. buttery. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not. I, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. No. 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 It's it's it's, it's uh, decent. It's good pizza. Yeah. So. Well, that's it for our 200th episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no, actually, we do have some questions. Some people, that was their favorite episode. And there you go, yeah. Right now. No, it was a very we do have some questions, and these are in uh, in honor of our 200th episode. Oh. Yeah, it, felt like, it feels like 200, to me, feels more special than when we did 100. We also had a 100th episode special. I, I'm going to be well, honest. It, I thought we would have given up on it by now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that, that's, uh, I think, one of the questions. So. We're going to talk about that. But, you know, 200 is more special because it is 100 more. I was going to say, it's doubly special. It's a double decoroni. <laughs> wow, look at that tie. It's <laughs> special. Uh, so clever. But so, it does. It does actually, this actually feels like an achievement. 100 is just two years. Yeah, no, right. it does not feel like an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing but, this pizza. Let's just be clear. We've turned cameras on and we've talked. That's true. We're okay doing. That is true. <laughs> That's true. Well, the fact that we didn't like kill it by the I was going to say, there's a lot of things we have done in this church that did not involve cameras, did not involve anything else. And we did not, they did not last four years. That's true. true. It That's did not true. last coming up on okay, four years. Okay, I admit that. We started this before the pandemic and we survived. That we is survived true. all the way through. A lot through. of things didn't survive the pandemic. No. That's true. Aren't you glad we did? <laughs> <laughs> of all of the all things the that things. went away during the pandemic, aren't you glad this is the staple mm -hmm. that exactly. stuck around? Remember right. when you didn't hate people that disagreed with you? Oh, that wow. stuck around, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loathing and hatred. That's gone. That's yeah. right. That gone where you could just be with people you didn't mm. agree with. So... <laughs> I have been provided with a list of questions mm -hmm. to guide this conversation. So I'll just go one at a time, and you guys can chime in. All right. You ready? I am ready. Okay. And you can you can continue I, consuming I, your I Chicago am. pizza. I ate the top pizza first. The first question is, what is one podcast that you would recommend to other people? 
I guess besides this one. Of course, of course, we would recommend this. And of course, our sister podcast, the Not Great Parents mm-hmm. podcast. But both of those. Beyond, beyond those two. Beyond, beyond those, those two, two excellent products. Recommend a podcast. Yeah. Any thoughts? I think we've recommended this before. But okay. I'm going to say it again. It is the one I pretty much listen to every week, no matter what, though I may not listen to every word. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what does but that mean? you say that about every I was going to say, what does that mean? Or any conversation I'm involved in. It just in. felt like you noted that, so I, it feels like you're... I don't, I don't want to give anybody false expectations of my degree of... This feels like we were recently at a preaching seminar, and yeah. somebody gave a list of great quotes, but had to put at the bottom, I do not endorse all of these quotes. Right. Oh, okay. And I thought... All right, I thought I'm going back up. Is my it, favorite podcast okay, that I listen to is The Holy Post. Uh, oh, we do all listen to... Uh, you listen to that I as listen well, right? as well. Okay, we all listen I, to I that. love The Holy Post. Mm-hmm. And almost all the podcasts they put out on their channel. Mm. Mm. There are, I don't they, listen to all been, of them. They've been expanding. So are you a subscriber? Oh, you mean a Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know they had other stuff. I think what he means is <laughs> on the feed. you think you were talking to? <laughs> they, similar to us, okay. similar to us, where if you subscribe to this podcast, you also see Not Great Parents. Got it. And our Sunday morning. They, they have, have other adi- French Friday and oh, yes. other and things. And I, like I, that. I, I, I enjoy that too. I, I do too. And they now have one they've been putting out called Are the Kids All Right? Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. good one. That's been a very good one. Mm-hmm. I have they also had uh, people give their testimony of why they're still mm-hmm. Christian, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which has been really good. Mm-hmm. So I like all those things. I And I, I, I'm going to say this. I, all, I, I did go to their Patreon page. Oh. <laughs> so you took a step. I, I went and looked because I think Caitlin Chess. Ch- mm-hmm. I think she's one of the most brilliant yes. young theologians alive today. I agree. She's doing and, a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think when I am long forgotten, she will still be listened to. Yeah. And I almost would pay to hear her more. Okay. Mm. That's that's high praise. That is high praise. Yeah, yeah. Not the way I felt. I definitely agree with that. I think probably the most consistent podcast that I make sure to listen to. I, I subscribe to several ones, and I found myself actually lately... I don't listen to as many sermon podcasts as I used to. I used yeah, to listen either. to almost exclusively sermon podcasts. <laughs> you can tell that based on my <laughs> sermons that you listen. And I guess not listen to as many sermons as he used to. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I just there there aren't as many people that I think are doing sermons similar to the way we do sermons, and so I don't find as many helpful things as I previously did. Mm. Um, but I do. I I still every week I'm going to listen to the Bible Project podcast. Mm. Um, I think uh, a lot of the ideas that um, that I kind of revisit in the certain things, a lot of them come from that. So I would highly, if you're interested in just Bible study in general, I think they're the best one out there. I've heard several other ones where they go like, you know, chapter by chapter and book by book. The thing that the Bible project does really well is brings out themes in the Bible and sees how they weave through kind of in a narrative way. Um, they have a, an approach, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll remember in a moment, um, the name of the scholar that also uh, contributes to this, but they, they see the Bible as a narrative um, throughout the Bible. And so uh, they pick up these themes that you're supposed to pick up on if in a culture where all maybe you would be reading is the Bible because yeah. you just don't have access to lots of other books, which was the way it was 
for the first 1600, 1700 years mm -hmm. in churches. I would say probably even up to, because I, I read, I would say even up to 1800s, 1900s. Oh, yeah. Most people did not have access to, and I don't even mean the amount of books we have now, but the amount of books we had 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of books that people read now. And so the Bible really was this just constant. If you were a believer, it was just, if you're going to read something, the Bible's just there and there's a lot to read. And mm -hmm. they do a really good job of delving into that. Hmm. It's really helpful. I have other things I listen to just for fun that well, are not spiritual in nature. Well, but I was going to say, I think I'm going to go that direction for okay. my recommendations. Yeah. Outside the Christian realm right. for just a bit. Um, I will say a podcast that has stuck with me that I listened to a while back um, that is sort of a narrative podcast. Uh, documentary sort of podcast is called In the Red Clay. Oh yeah. Did you did you listen to that one? Oh yeah. It's the story uh told of a of a the guy who in Georgia. I think I first told you about it. You're because, the probably one that because recommended I said, it to me. You're gonna recognize this from Carrollton. Yes. It has places in, in our state that oh, wow. you will recognize, but it's the story of the Dixie Mafia mm -hmm. and the, okay. the leader of the Dixie Mafia. But I will say this it's not just about crime. It is a redemption story. Mm -hmm. If you listen all the way through, I don't want to ruin it. Mm -hmm. But to me, by the time I got to the end of it, there were several reasons I loved it. That was one of them because it it was almost a spiritual experience for me at the mm -hmm. end, hearing the, the story and how it ends up. The second thing that, and just for me, is the, the guy who tells the story, the son of the man that the story is about, is the one narrating basically all of it. He's telling the story, but he is as down-home Georgia country as you can be, and he talks like my grandfather. <laughs> and every time I listen to him speak, it just takes me back to the, the days when I used to sit in my grandfather's living room, and he used to just tell me stories. <laughs> and it... It was an ex that experience for me. Just it made me happy every week when they come out a new uh, episode. I'd listen and it just took me back. And it was it was a great experience for me. But the story is amazing as well. It is. So I highly recommend that one. Um, I had another one that I was thinking of. Oh, uh, this is one that I listen. I know. I think Ed listens to this one. Maybe you do too as well. Uh, I love Malcolm Gladwell and oh, Revisionist yeah. History. Oh yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, he fascinates me. Just the stuff that he comes up with. So, yeah, I, I haven't that. listened to that in a few years, but I did before, and I certainly love my. I will Malcolm also Gladwell. say about that podcast is the longer I've listened to that podcast, the more I have been able to gather nuggets of his faith mm -hmm. in, in his storytelling. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I did not know that about him when I first read his books. And yeah, many people have read his books because he's not overt. He's not. I mean, he's written for the New York Times, Washington mm -hmm. Post. And yep. A very committed Christian. Oh, yeah, very. And um, comes at it from a very, I think, Jesus-centered mm -hmm. kind of place. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend that one as well. Yeah, he, as a writer and as a podcast, one, he is willing to uh, change what he's doing mm -hmm. to, you know, like he's been a best-selling author yep. for years. Mm -hmm. And his most recent books, He's only put out. He only put out an audio at first mm -hmm. because he just said there's so much more you can do with this medium that can't be done. Particularly when you're going to say, "I interviewed this guy." Mm -hmm. He just plays the interview. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Another question. What has been the most surprising? What has been most surprising to you about doing this podcast? That anyone listened. Me too. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Uh -huh. Can you remember back when we started <laughs> no, this? No, we can't. 
okay. <laughs> answer that question right well, now. Well, you got to give me a clue or two. Okay. Well, I remember lots of things. We always have a reason for starting things like this. And I, I remember when we started it, mm. it is not the reason we currently mm -hmm. are doing it. No, no, in fact, we just had a meeting maybe six no. months ago that yep. we kind of, we realized maybe the purpose we originally had no longer existed and we mm -hmm. needed to come up with a new purpose. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, you and I are the ones that originally came up yeah. with the idea for it and it's nothing like it is now. Mm -mm. It was at a time where we had a different staff structure mm -hmm. and we were trying to really focus on um, really content creation. In mm -hmm. fact, yep. that idea yep. that we don't say quite as much as we used to, um, but uh, that we say now more than anything is uh, church is not meant to be content you yep. consume. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be a community you can be committed to. That really kind of grew out of that because we, we were wanting to create more content to reach people, but we always kind of felt in the back of our minds, like if we just become content creators, are we still really being a church? That's right. That there is a difference when creating Christian content mm -hmm. And being that when we first started, it became a way for us to try and mm -hmm. create content that might be able to reach some people who didn't go to our church. That's right. Mm -hmm. And what we, I'd say, <laughs> COVID again, this is another thing yeah. that reshaped our church. I think, I, I'll just say this. I think in almost every way, I, I, I'd be pushed to think of a negative thing that happened to our church because of COVID? Because of COVID. Oh, I agree with that. I I mean, I'm sure if somebody said, well, how about this? I'd go, oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. But I'll just say my mind after, it, you know, now three years post-COVID, mm -hmm. it has been nothing but positives out of COVID. Mm. And the changes that we made. Yeah, in particular. And some thoughts like that content we were trying to create to reach people that are outside of our community. And our thought really is at that time that we could somehow help them online without really knowing them very well. Mm -hmm. And we got really clear, even while trying to help even people who were a part of Community Christian during COVID, man, our ability, I'm not saying no one can do this. I'm really not. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in a few years, I might say that because I'll be older and, and more locked in and maybe nutty. Uh, <laughs> but right now, I wouldn't say no one can do it because I'm I'm just me. Yeah, I know our capabilities. We are not capable of helping many people we don't know very well. Mm -hmm. yes. We are best one. We're best as a community, mm -hmm. and we are best at helping in the midst of community. And it was COVID that taught us that. Wow. That we, yeah. having people yeah. not deeply involved in community mm. was a mistake we were making. I like the way you framed that. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that the I think I think there are people who do online church well, but I think they have to be online natives. I think they have to be people that really understand mm. how to get to know people online. That is not our culture. Mm -mm. Um, and so, nor was it many people. I mean, I, I really took a stab at it for you a did. while um, with some younger people in our church who that, I mean, they are natives to just the digital world. That's how they build friendships. That's how they meet people. 
And it, it just was really difficult. And, and that that probably, and I will say, I, I'll own up to that. It's probably my leadership because I didn't know how to lead it because I'm not native to it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I, you know, when you're leading something, you got to be able to see ahead yep. and see behind corners things that other people can't see. And because I wasn't native to it, mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. I think there are people that are trying some stuff that maybe potentially could figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. I think what we really learned and I'll say this, this is not really about the podcast, but I think this is an interesting conversation in itself. One of the most surprising things coming out of COVID that I learned, which is, and you kind of saw us learn a lot of this, even in the podcast, is how many, how many hands we had in so many different things. Mm. And we've, that we probably just should have, and we did eventually go, Oh, we don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to do that anymore. And we really have gotten really back focused to, and it'll continue to change. I'm confident as we learn more, what really does, what really is the church supposed to do? What is the church really supposed to focus on? Because mm -hmm. there is a period, you know, where we had over a thousand people that were, you know, attending fairly regularly. And we were, it kind of feels like, well, we got to be doing this and we got in a church our size should be doing this and doing that and doing this. And you feel really almost it. And it feels like the spirit is leading you because there is good stuff happening. Yep. Mm -hmm. But eventually, like I was saying about leading the other thing, if you can't see around the corners, you can't really lead it. And so a lot of times, and I'll just talk about myself in ministry at that time, because that's the world I came up in in ministry and was in for a long time, I I often felt like I couldn't see anything in, in ahead of me. And I was often trying to catch up. There was just a lot of plates spinning. And I was just trying to keep everything spinning all the time and making sure no one was upset. And now I feel like as we've kind of got more clear, like you said, it's really the community that's here. Yep. It's the people that are here. You know, even in my preaching and my teaching, which I think is kind of why I don't listen to as many sermon podcasts as before. Yep. I'm really focused on not what does someone outside this community think of what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm really focused on what does this community need to hear? Yep. Where is it we need to go? What from the scriptures do they need to know to root themselves in the story of God? That's different than the way I, I I'm just talking about myself, the way I approached ministry five years ago. Where oh, I, yeah, where I sure. was really trying to beat everything for everybody in student ministry and even in the service and, you know, the various things I was, I had started a prison ministry and, you know, was working on this good news club thing that we're kind of back working on again. There was just a thousand things I felt like I was doing. And now I feel a little more focused mm. and I feel like a little more faithful to what God's called me to do. And I think we are getting a sense of how to do that here on this podcast. Yeah. Whereas when it started, to me, it often felt like there's just another thing we're doing. Well, I think the audience has helped us with that as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Had the feedback we've gotten from you guys mm -hmm. uh, and the questions that you've asked us and what we feel like you guys are, you know, needing. Yeah. Kind of thing. And we, I'll just say, I don't know for sure that the audience for this podcast all is a part of Community Christian Church. Mm -hmm. In fact, I assume by one of the questions we, or some of the questions we get in, they aren't. Mm -hmm. right. I remember the young pastor yeah, that's right. guy. I, I have to assume they're not. But by at least having some back and forth, and you know, when you share your name with us, it really helps. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then we can have some kind of dialogue. It feels more community connected than yeah. 
uh, looking at the lens of a camera and talking to the general yeah. person out there. Yeah. Okay. I, I will <laughs> say, I imagine people in our congregation when I'm answering questions. Oh, me too. Me too. Yep. So, I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> I don't know how to do it yeah. either. Yeah. I'm not saying that changes my answer. Yeah. It just changes the way I say it so that, because uh, yeah. I'm speaking to people that I know it applies to. That's mm -hmm. right. Yep. All right. We, we have time, I think, for one last question. Who is one person who really informs how you think about faith? And I'll just go ahead and tack on this. Besides Jesus and the people in the Bible. <laughs> you you covered you, us very well, Jason. I thought you were going to say Jesus and Dallas Willard. So <laughs> well, I almost said Dallas Willard so because I did. thought that was a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard the weekly Dallas quote. But yes. other than those, who's informing how you think about faith these days? I'm going to have to think of this guy's name. I hope I have my phone. <clears throat> I am listening to um, a young pastor. Um, I sort of stumbled across. Oh, man, I cannot think of his name. I'll think of it here in a minute. Mm. Um, and he uh, has had cancer and mm. thought he was going to die. And uh, um, I've just been listening to him teach. And he's in the, he's in the vein of where we are. Uh, somebody sent me a message uh, that they had heard a friend of mine, a ministry friend of mine of his, and it was, he said, this sounds so much like what you're talking about these days. Hmm. And uh, I listened to it. I listen to him every week. He, he, hmm. he's the, um, <clears throat> he only speaks about 25 minutes. Hmm. And uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's interesting, Nathan, you quote uh, somebody that, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy you quote all the time that he also quotes all the time that I have begun to read because of the two of you. Uh, man, I wish I could think of his name. It's probably right. Stanley Harrowass. Stanley Harrowass. That's exactly who that's, it is. That's my other guy that I quote, quote all the time. Dallas Willard and Stanley Harrowass. He, he quotes Harrowass all the time. Harrowass. I guess. I don't know how he says it. But uh, he's like anyway, man, I don't think of his name. But anyway, I think he's probably free Methodist or... Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. Okay. I don't, he doesn't. It doesn't mention it. It's yeah. his personal podcast, hmm. but he is preaching somewhere every. He's preaching in a church every week. It's not. It's not the a church's podcast. Mm -hmm. It's his personal podcast, and uh, I enjoy listening to him. When you think of it, I will let you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I'll because that's going to be the next question. I was say. listening to him this morning on the way. Yeah. I will say for me, um, this is, I'll preface by saying this. Um, I am known as a person that uh, spends a lot of time in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy lots of knowledge, and that has served me in some ways. In some ways, it has not. Mm -hmm. And recently, not recently, probably in the past couple of years, uh, I stumbled upon a fairly well-known guy, and I've you've heard me quote him a lot, that he does. He does stimulate my mind, but for the for me, what the good part is, is he stimulates me in my heart, mm. and he speaks to my heart uh, as much or more than anybody these days. And his name is Brian Zond. Mm -hmm. um, I I I just at first when I first listened to him a couple times, I thought he's a little out there for me. Mm -hmm. um, but the more that I have um, I've read some of the stuff he's written, and now I just I listen to him every week. Um, yeah, it just, it inspires me. 
that's the, I guess this is the thing. You know, Brian is about the same age as me. He is. Mm -hmm. We're the same. He's a little older than me. Yeah. But we're the same generation. I used to listen to Brian a lot and I didn't stop because of anything. I disagree with him on him. But he took the journey in some ways that we have taken. Yes. He just took it earlier. He did. Mm -hmm. uh, A lot, a few years ago. Yeah. uh, Because I remember him as a part of Willow Creek Association and all of that and Mm -hmm. mega church and yeah uh, the whole thing yeah yeah Yeah. i also like brian yeah yeah Yeah, i think for me um so there's as far as preachers go i really like um tyler staten who Mm. me and him are about the same age um he's out he's out in portland he's now the national director of the 24 7 prayer movement in in america he's the national director here um i think he's got a lot of really good stuff um you know, don't listen to him because then you'll find out how much I steal from him. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, but he's he's really great. I always have liked John Mark Comer and oh, yeah. um, I like Brian Zahn and all those guys. I think more these days, um, I'm trying to read people who are older than me. And by older, I mean dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to read a lot of people because I think um, I, I worry too much about getting caught up in people who are all my age and think my way and so uh, I do read a lot of Stanley Howard. He's not dead, but I mean, he got to get, get close. He's pretty to it. old. He got to be getting close. <laughs> when to I it. when I looked him up, and probably oh, that guy's mm-hmm. old. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I do. And then that vein, Dallas is now dead. So Dallas, Dallas is dead, is and dead. I still read. I still read a lot of Dallas. And uh, but there's a guy who's who's old, who's older than me. I bet he's. I bet he's in his late forties, fifties. Who is a student of uh, Stanley Howard um, named James K. A. Smith. Mm. And uh, he's he's written a lot of really good things. He's one of those people that there are a lot of they are answering questions that I have that I don't know other people are answering. And I have found that that often, mm-hmm. I think similar to the way you were even talking about Brian Zahn, mm-hmm. I think the people who resonate with us are the people who answer the questions mm-hmm. um, that, you know, there are a lot of preachers that I would agree with and be like, yeah, go listen. Yeah. To that. So like, so a guy like Andy Stanley, I love Andy Stanley. I don't listen to Andy because Andy's not, Andy's not answering questions I have. He's answering questions other people have, and I love Andy, and I would full, wholeheartedly agree. People know that because for a long time I was I was saying a lot of Andy stuff, and people would come to me and go, "Have you heard the latest message?" I haven't listened to Andy in a while, but I love Andy. I think what I, I mean, yeah, I mean, me too. I can't me full. Too. I mean, I don't I, I don't listen to any of his current stuff, so I don't know what's going on. But there are other people I think, and I think what you were even saying about Brian mm-hmm. of going through this journey before you. Yes, he's able to speak to things that you're also, and it's almost like when he says it, you're like, oh, that's how I feel, but I wasn't able to put it into words. And then yep. when he said it, all yep. oh, that makes sense. Yep. I'll say, I'll go ahead, I'm sorry. And I was just gonna say, those are the guys for me. I think yeah. Howard is that way. I His his view on the church is has been my experience of it. Um, and what I always kind of thought from reading the scriptures, oh, I feel like it's supposed to be this way. Uh, and he puts words to a lot of things mm-hmm. that I think I go, oh, that that is. And James K. Smith is that way. Um, a lot of his stuff, he does a thing. This series we're now practicing away comes from a lot of his stuff. He calls them cultural liturgies. Mm-hmm. But the messages we get from culture that we don't realize we actually believe more than the creedal things we say we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's got a lot of that. I have also, over uh, since COVID, and I guess more so, 
uh, you all remember the first year of the podcast when George Floyd was murdered mm-hmm. and I got emotional and talked about how you know, couple I felt in my generation had allowed this to continue. Um, as I was trying to figure all of that out, I was in a group uh, with some pastors and one of the guys mentioned a book that had been written by a pastor who had been a slave in the 1800s. Uh, that was a book of just solid theology. And he challenged us all to buy it and read it together. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, I'm the only one because I said, I bought it, emailed him and said, I bought it. Yeah. I'm ready to do the group. Nobody ever mm-hmm. did the group. Mm-hmm. But from that, I and I read his book and I realized, well, you know, when you're a marginalized um, mm-hmm. group, you read the scriptures differently than those yes. of us who... absolutely. And I know this is offensive to some of you, so I don't mean it that way. But when you sit in the seat of power mm-hmm. of in your culture, your privileges, I don't I don't know what other word to use other than that, that you're there are other people that are minorities. Mm-hmm. When you are the Bible, we tend to think everybody reads it the same way. But what I began to realize as studying all of this is typically. And most Christians, even white conservative Christians, don't realize black American Christians have a long time been more conservative theologically oh, than yes. we are. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. And still are more conservative theologically than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I began to read. I mean, Esau Macaulay is a guy that yes. I read and listen to all the time now. Um, and then I began to realize, and uh, my daughter-in-law has helped me begin to see I don't see the world the way women see the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so I've been reading Beth Ellison Beth Barr. Beth Ellison Barr is amazing. Uh, that's why I love Caitlin Sheff so much. Yeah. I, I am trying to read from people that, and I do not mean this offensively, and if it offends you, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I just don't, that are older Southern white men like me. Mm-hmm. I know what I think, and most people I know who are like me, that have been Christians for 40-something years, even if you have a little different flavor of Christianity than me, I probably know what you believe. Mm-hmm. Speak, but, yeah, speaking of women, have you um, listened to anything Carmen Imes is doing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. she's. I haven't read all her stuff yet, but she's intriguing to me. Yeah, she's, she's very, very smart. Very I just smart. read an article by her, by her this morning, in fact, is what made me think of it. And at... I'm not going to get into the topic, but it has opened up a area of biblical scholarship that I am fascinated to go down because mm-hmm. I'm, they did not teach me this in Bible right. college. <laughs> I'm reading a book that came out of Scott McKnight's book on Revelation, mm-hmm. uh, which I highly recommend. It's very that, good. That is, uh, it's a black pastor, black theologian's book about Revelation that he quotes a lot. And mm-hmm. so I bought that book too. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's just fascinating the way, again, oppressed people read the book of Revelation over mm-hmm. a majority. Largely, everything's gone our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, Culture. Hard, it's mm-hmm. hard to read the scriptures faithfully. And I think, honestly, and I know Dallas says this, Howard West says this, Diedrich Bonhoeffer says this, that the Psalms are almost this encapsulation of the entire Bible, that there are mm-hmm. these 150 things that... Dallas always says, if you want to know God, hmm. just read the Psalms every day because you will see a, a fuller picture than you think you will. And that it, those must have informed a lot of what Jesus thought. But it's hard to read the Psalms 
and not see these are written to oppressed, um, poor, needy people who are often starving and hungry. And the, the, the words that are written to God and the kind of intimate relationship that are often described in the Psalms, uh, they come from that brokenness. And so I have often, and I agree with you, I've read one person I love to read, who's now also dead, is Howard Thurman, who is a mm. pastor. He, his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, is the book that Dr. King says he carried around in his mm. pocket during the civil rights movement. So I wanted to read that, and I've read several of his devotionals, Howard Thurman's devotionals. And his point is that uh, there is something that he says, what does the gospel have to say to people who live with their backs against the wall? And uh, I think when you when you can read from that place, and I have lived in a mostly, and I'll just I don't mind saying I've lived in a very privileged position my entire life, um, and I have found that the closer that I draw near to people and to align myself with people um, who are in need and who are uh, under oppression or under some kind of disadvantage, that's probably mm-hmm. a better way to say it. They are somehow disadvantaged. I have found that I now am praying more like the Psalms because I'm praying for them. Mm, that's right. And I'm praying on behalf of them, and I, right. I found that. So I think in all of that. The other thing I don't I don't want to, uh, and I know all three of us would, uh, I hope all three of us would agree, but I think we would, is, um, you know, the, I intended the question to go kind of the way that we, we talked about it here, but I also want to say one thing. The probably thing that has formed my faith the most, the people who have formed my faith the most are the people in this church. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't want to sure. drop that. I think That's right. I think when you listen to a podcast like this, and probably many of you, because I know because you come in, several have asked, what was that book y'all said? Who was that person you said? And you've been making your little Amazon list for the holidays of who you're going to yep. listen to. And there's a form of Christianity that is very scholarly. And my job is to know the Bible and have the correct thoughts about God. But I'll say the probably the most formative thing for me uh, is not when I get up and speak on a Sunday and tell you the things that I I have gotten from the Scripture. It's on you know Friday night. I have a group of people that I say well, we read the Bible together, and they don't buy into any of my nonsense. <laughs> they don't they don't buy that I have a better take on the Bible than they do. They 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 come in and bring in their thoughts. And I'm I'm not some kind of expert that they're listening to. Or on Saturday when I sit in my on mission group with people who have been reading my emails and have heard, you know, the times that I failed with lust or anger or, you know, yelled at, at you know, I yelled, yelled at my kids or lost it with someone else. And then we sit and talk about our faith and I hear all of the same stuff in their lives. That often forms my faith more than the knowledge I get from these. And I just didn't want to pass that for those of you who hear that. I told Nathan, Jason, Jason and I had a conversation a little while ago, just before, I mean, a couple hours ago before this. Uh, The most, uh, yesterday, Nathan preached, and I don't know when this is coming out, but, um, and at the end of his message somewhere, and it was, I was the host, so I heard it twice, where he talked about how he'd been formed by this community, and I thought, you know, me too. And Jason mm-hmm. and I have both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Nathan was born here, and so mm-hmm. he did, all of that time he wasn't an adult. But Nathan, Jason, and I both were here as adults. We both were here as ministers. We both were here with fully formed thoughts about God and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And I'm not the person I was. Nope. And 
Community Christian has larger response. I mean, Dallas is a part of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. 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 Jesus is so much a part of that. <laughs> but Jesus is only a part of that because of the, what the whole community has played. And yeah. uh, I'm a different person. Yeah. Because yeah. of you guys. Yeah. And I, I want to tie into, to tie it all back together. I think even when you say, you know, Dallas is a part of that, as we said earlier, I think there is a big help for these theologians and these philosophers who are thinking through these big concepts. But as we said earlier, they are often the people who resonate most. They're answering questions or they're talking about ideas that you're questioning. Those questions I have found, when I talk to people that I know that aren't in a church, but they're believers and they've got questions, they have these, I call them sophomoric questions. They're college freshman level questions. They read it in a book somewhere. Yes, the question they're having is about, you know, how does God exist outside of space and time? And did God create the concept of time? You know, it's these very like, and they think it's very deep. When you've been in a community with people who have real messy lives and you are trying to go, how can I help them and them help me to experience life with God? You get a different set of questions and people like Dallas, I think the reason the three of us love Dallas words as much as we do is because even though he is very deep and very intellectual, he is so practical about the way that God interacts in our lives. Those are questions you get when you sit with people who are mourning, people who are trying to get sober, or people who are trying to raise kids. Well, you know, I think about, Nathan, I've had so many people through the years, I still think about one time somebody asked me this in a question and answer on stage, and I think I did such a poor job at answering it. I wish I could get it out of my head. Hmm. But uh, about how 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 do you continue to follow God when everything in your life falls apart and it hurts mm-hmm. so bad and you lose a child or you lose somebody you love? And I, I don't have a clinical answer to that, but I have so many examples of how you do it. Mm -hmm. Because for 33 years, I've watched people that don't have the answers that I have do it. Mm -hmm. And they love God. I mean, I watched somebody in our church just this past weekend at a funeral of a child and said to, I think all three of us Mm -hmm. individually at different (laughs) times, that she couldn't believe the amount of joy she had because of her church family, even though she was burying a child. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, That's exactly what she said. That That is a, an answer that satisfies anybody outside of a community. But when you're in the community and you walk with them, boy, it goes, boy, I want that. I want to right. do that. Yep. I want. I want to be able to be in that community so when it's my turn, and, and it's not a how-to at that point. No. No. It's a come with. Yeah. It's a, there must be a path. I don't know what it is because I haven't been called to walk down it, but there is a path and yeah. somebody's been on it that I know. I know somebody who's been on that path. Yeah. Well, even the example you used, the, the the lady who spoke to all of us, that was her, that was what I got from her of, of her reaction to that was, I don't even understand where this joy is coming from. Mm-hmm. I just know. It's here, and I have my brothers and sisters to credit for it. Yeah, that's right. And that was enough for her. Yeah, that's it's, that was it, it. It is enough. It's enough. It is enough. It's almost <laughs> like the guy that when the Pharisees are saying, who healed you? How did he do it? And he goes, man, I don't know. That's right. I was blind, and now I see. And she's in the midst of this mess. He goes, I don't know. I have joy. <laughs> yeah, and that's all right. That's all right. It's all right. Well, and it is the point of 
saints. I think it has been the thing that's been more formative. I listen to less sermons than I used to. Mm-hmm. I read less books than I used to. I tend yeah. to, I, I try to now meditatively read where I read two or three things and then I write things down. I try to, I was never good. I always felt like I needed to be able to prove to people how much I read, and how much I <laughs> yeah, knew. True. And now, now I just really want to absorb it. And, but I have found that I've grown so much more drawing near to, and Howard West talks about this a lot, the point of having saints. And we kind of miss this in Protestant theology, the idea of having these people that you can look to throughout history that do sit outside the Bible where you can go, oh, I don't know. I can't quantify that. Oh, yeah, the spirit of God was that person. I just see it. I look at that and I go, I know it was there. I can't tell you how. I can't tell you what it is. If you ask me to write a doctrine about it, I couldn't do that, but I can look and see. And he tells this story in one of his books where he talks about the importance of saints within the church and how much we miss this. And he said there are people that we often tend to not want to highlight in our churches. We, we like that they're there, but we kind of want to mm-hmm. hide them away. And he talks specifically about people who had this one lady who had Down syndrome in their church who served in their children's ministry and what a blessing she was. She died at 50, which unfortunately often happens with people with Down mm-hmm. syndrome. What a blessing she was. And then he tells a story at the end of the chapter where he says there was a woman in their church who had been sexually assaulted in her backyard and it had just destroyed her, which you could imagine. Mm. And he said she had gone to counseling for it, and the counselor had talked to her and said, you know, hey, you need to, at some point, you've got to tell this story to someone who isn't your pastor and who isn't your counselor. You just need to, you need to be able to talk about it to someone else. And so she came to the church, and she asked, I want to tell Sam my story. And Sam was a guy who had been in and out of rehab his entire life uh, just for addiction and the pastor said, why do you want to tell Sam the story? And she said, well, I know Sam's story, and I know Sam has been through hell and back. And that's where I'm at right now. And I just want to know, I just want to be near to him so he can show me how to do that. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that is the power of the church, is is. these people who could not write a book, who wouldn't want to get up and give a sermon, who wouldn't want to sit on a podcast and talk to us. But if you got near enough to them and you knew their story, you'd find out, their faithfulness to God was more than any of the three of us. Mm-hmm. And you might actually learn from them in a different way. And so I just wanted to say that for those yep. who are listening and maybe you don't go to our church. Maybe you can't because you live too far away. My encouragement to you is these podcasts are great. We love doing them. The reason we do this is the thing we said at the beginning, though, is we want to draw people into our community or into a church community. Your growth will be that much more, I'll just say, rich and satisfying when it is embedded within a community. And so I just don't want us to miss that. And I'll say, if you, you can use the question form to give us an address. You don't even have to tell us your name. Yeah. Give us an email address and your address. We will try our best to help you find a community. Near yes. You. I mean, I would love to do that. that I enjoy great. the search. I enjoy mm-hmm. talking to other churches online to try to help you. I love all of that. We would try to help our best to do that. Awesome. Well, as you can see, today's episode was a little little longer, but I think it warranted I think for so. the occasion. It ain't 200 Joe, episodes. Man. It ain't right. Joe Rogan long. No, no. that's true. <laughs> that will that's never true. happen here. <laughs> no, no. I, can't, I don't have enough to say. I, I haven't ever listened to Joe Rogan. I have. I have seen but clips. I, but I can't I've, do the whole three hours. I've seen clips, and then I saw they were three hours, and I thought, that's enough. Oh, never going to happen. That's right. Me. So, all right. Send us what you want us to talk about next. We are currently out of questions for 201. So put it in the, uh, the link is in the description. Fill it out. We will see you next time.